Let's bow down our heads as we pray. Father, we were strangers from the covenant of Israel. We were aliens. But your grace found us, trailed after us, overtook us, and healed our hearts and our spirit. After that, we became yours. You gave us the capacity to love you. Now we can all cry together, Abba, Father. Tonight, let there be a revelation in our spirit, expanding more on the person of the Father. Reveal your Serve to us as we seek you. Empower everyone in this place after tonight's meeting to go back with a loaded word, with an energized spirit to take the challenge ahead of us. The Bible says there's a spirit in man, but the inspiration of God gives understanding. We procure understanding tonight as your word will be proclaimed. We invoke the power of God. Let your name be glorified. The Egyptians that we have seen up to today, we shall see them no more forever. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. And amen. Tonight I'd like us to turn our Bibles together to the book of John chapter 10. I'm going to read a couple of verses tonight, John chapter 10. I'm going to read from verse 25, and I'm going to stop at 30. 25 to 30. John chapter 10. I'm going to start to read from verses 25 through 30. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. There have been occasions in the scriptures where Jesus demonstrated the divine power of God in miracles and in healings. One of those times, Jesus met a man who had been blind from his mother's womb. Sorry, after he's been born. Anyway, he was born blind. And this man had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus laid hands on him, put some mud on his eyes and told him to go wash himself. He came back and he's been clean. Now, a man who had been blind since his birth began to see. But these incidents occurred on a revered day. The day we call the Sabbath. And many of the Jews and the doctors of laws and the Pharisees were particularly offended, not for the first time, on a repeated occasion that Jesus would not respect the Sabbath. As far as these people were concerned, the Sabbath was more important than the life and the agony of man. 
Jesus, in his defense, because he was accused, why will you heal a man on the Sabbath? The man himself was asked. They came to the parents. And because the parents were afraid of the Jews, anything will happen. They said, you know what? He's fully grown. He's old enough. Ask him what happened to him. They called the young man and asked him, what happened to you? He said, I don't know his name. I met a man who told me, who put a mud on my face and told me to go wash. And I went to the water and I cleaned and I washed my face and I began to see. They asked him the second time. He said, but I told you the first time. The Bible said they cast him out of the temple. <laughs> when he was cast out, Jesus met him and, and told him. Jesus told him this. He says, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said to him, I mean, chapter 9, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. The man replied and said, Lord, I believe. And they worshipped him. Now in chapter 10, Jesus began to discuss as the, as the Jews came and confronted him. I just wanted us to know the story that led to this chapter 10. This is a story that led to it. Because if you read this scripture, there is actually no break between chapter 9 and chapter 10. It's been broken for us to be able to have demarcations in the Bible. But there is no stop in this discussion. So Jesus replied them as they asked him, How is it that you as a man will heal the man on a Sabbath day? Now in the process of Jesus expanding the scriptures to them, Jesus was opportuned. I love the Jews and the Pharisees. I'm going to tell you tonight why I love them. They have helped us as the church. In what ways? There may have been several things the Lord wouldn't have wanted to teach, but for the confrontation. Do you remember Jesus said to his disciples, there are many things I will have told you, but you cannot handle them. So Jesus did not teach those. But many of these men, they gave us an opportunity to be able to see into the mind of God the things which otherwise we probably will still know, but will have known in a different way. Now, in this occasion, Jesus began to describe something phenomenal. Very, very phenomenal. Tonight, I want us to believe God for what the Lord will do in this place tonight, in this couple of minutes. Because I believe that God is set to take us as a people into the revelation of the Father. I believe tonight that Jesus, essentially, the core of Jesus' message was to reveal the Father. I many of us know what I'm talking about. Jesus came to reveal the Father. On many occasions, we probably did not notice. In John chapter 14, do we remember? Jesus said, in the world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He says, behold, I go to my Father, and I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. Incredible scripture. Behold, I go to my Father, and I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. To me, that's the, one of the most profound statements Jesus ever made. But what was he trying to do? He was trying to reveal to us the mind of the Father. As the church, many of us really need to come to the comprehension of who the Father is. Because Jesus is the express image of the Father. Now, where are we going tonight? Jesus began in this chapter 10 and began to describe to these people. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Jesus began to describe the relationship that he, as the master, has with those who are his. These men have made up their mind that they would not believe. They are adamant, regardless of the things they have seen Jesus did, that they were, they were particularly going to be against him permanently. Now, Jesus in chapter 10, we're going to expound some of the deep relationships 
that exist between the believers and the Father. That exist between the church and Christ. Maybe we have observed there have been several symbolism of our relationship with the Lord. Many of us who are students of the Bible will realize Jesus in John chapter 15 says, I am the true vine, but you are the branches. That's one of those symbolism that we see in the scriptures. In another case, in the scriptures, the Bible is in the book of Revelation. The Bible speaks of the bridegroom. The Bible is saying that we are the bride of Christ and the bridegroom and the bride has, is being prepared for the groom. Jesus was described, the Lord was described as the bridegroom. We, the church, was described as the bride of Christ. In another sense, Jesus was talking to his, to his uh, disciples in one of the times they were arguing and discussing about who is the greatest. Do we remember? Jesus said, you know what he did? He just told them, can you bring me a bowl of water? And caught Peter and began to clean up their feet. Do you remember that? He began to wash their feet. And while he was doing that, he said to them, while he was, when he was concluding his, you know, his symbolic uh, representation, he said to them, a servant cannot be greater than his master. Indeed, if you're going to be the master of all, you must be the servant of all. In other words, to be greatest, you must serve. The way hope is done. So there have been several symbolism in the scripture that describes the relationship between us and the Lord. Many of us remember the book of Isaiah chapter 61. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 61 in verse 3, the Bible says we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Now in that scripture, we are also described as what? as trees of the Lord. In this scripture tonight, we're seeing that there's another symbolism that describes us as being sheep. And now we're being described as sheep, but he described himself as the shepherd. Now, I want us to pay attention to this tonight. Why would Jesus use this symbolism? For many of us who are also familiar with the scriptures, before now, the scripture that will run through your mind is Psalm 23. Is that not true? That's one man who had a revelation. Psalm 23, you also remember the book of Ezekiel. When God was speaking about his priest, calling them that they, they, these people were like sheep without a shepherd and they have gone astray. Now, but Psalm 23 gave us a clear revelation of what the relationship is as Jesus began to teach about the sheep and the shepherd. Now we go back to David and understood, oh, is this what Jesus meant? Now, let's see what Jesus said, and I'll go back to David. I'm going to read verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. In verse 3, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follows him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of the stranger. In verse 7, Jesus began to describe. He said, then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. For I have come. That they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, tonight, I want us to see this. I'm going to be sharing with us to know what I call the Father is greater than all. I want you to write it down. The Father is greater than all. The Father is greater than all. The father that Jesus was talking about is the father of all. The God of heaven. Jesus said, the father is greater than all. Just in a moment, I'm going to preach before I start to teach again. Tonight, some of us came into this place. We came with a load and a burden in our hearts. And the burden has become almost insurmountable. Every attempt to get rid of that load seems impossible. I want us to understand tonight that the Father is greater than all. The Father is greater than the load and the burden in your heart. 
The Father is greater than the Lord that you may have been carrying. There is a God in heaven who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, the Bible says, according to the power that works in us. I want you to understand that tonight God knows the burden in your heart. Whatever is staring you in the face tonight, that is a God that is greater than all of the issues in your life. Is being before all things. The Bible said by him all things consist. When nothing exists anymore, it remains the same. He is the ancient of days. It does not grow old. However hold the crisis in your life, God is older than that crisis. God who knew the beginning of that crisis will bring an end to that crisis. The Bible says I'm the one that declares the end from the very beginning. Hear my voice. Listen to me. There is no amount of attack from the pit of hell that can drown the glory and the power of God in your life. When God is set to lift you up, no one can bring you down. The Bible says the Father is greater than all. I'm going to get there. I want us to be excited in the spirit tonight. I was sharing during the week, for many of us who miss Bible study, this is very critical. There are people who are afraid that they will be killed every day. You know, we're so, we're so intimidated by forces that are unseen. Believers dream and we wake up and we're terrified because of the dreams we've had. Now, I have this to say to you. The Father is greater than all of those dreams. The Father is greater than all the threats of the enemy. The Father is greater than all the intimidation of the devil. Your back may be against the wall, but it is a God who is higher than the wall that your back is against. It will lift you beyond the wall. It will lift your head up. That's what we saw in the scripture. That there will be times when we are confronted. It's life and death issue. And God is saying, I am greater. Thank God for a man like John who understood it all. He said, who is above, whoever is the one that's above, he's above all. He's the father of our flesh. And Jesus in this place, the Father, is greater than all. I would like you to underline that in verse 29 as I go back to teach tonight. Verse 29. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. In my Bible, after my Father, there is a comma, and after me, there is a comma. Is that true? Now, for many of us who are English students, you could, mark, you could remove that. And you could say it this way, my father is greater than all. Is that true? And it says, my father was given them to me. Now, the inclusion there is important. Jesus said, the father who has brought you, who has given you as a bride to the groom, is greater than all. How would Jesus say this? Why would Jesus say this? Let's go back. Jesus began in chapter 10 by teaching about the shepherd. There's a reason why this sentence ended this passage. And I'm going to link them together. Jesus began to teach about the shepherd. The reason is very simple. What are the major responsibilities of a shepherd? Because if we know that the God that we serve is a shepherd, he will take care of you. I want us to see some of the characteristics that I want us to see tonight as we're about to close in on that scripture. It says here, Jesus began to say, he says, I am the good shepherd. It says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus came here to reveal to us the value of our relationship. That's the number one point. He came, in this scripture, he's revealing very vividly to us the value. The power of the relationship that exists between us and himself and also the father. Now, why do I say this? For many of us who are familiar with, this, with the history of the east, I'm talking about the Middle East. Every man's sheep is a gold. Are you listening to me? Every man's sheep is a gold. Every non-shepherd knows that the sheepfold is his lifetime business. Take a look at all the grand, all the patriarchs in the scripture. All of them were shepherds. They were shepherds who employed other people to take care of their businesses. Do you remember? Abraham did it. Job did it. All of the patriarchs we know, they were all shepherds. Jacob did it. 
most of the time, the primary business of an average Jew was having sheep in the sheepfold, and they had shepherds. When they don't hire people, then they place their children there to be shepherd over those sheep. That's why you saw David being a shepherd. We saw a couple of men in the scriptures who were particularly shepherds in the scriptures. What am I saying tonight? The sheep were so important that Jesus was looking for an analogy to describe the depth of the relationship that the Father has with us, that he, our Lord, has with us. And he said, listen, I am the good shepherd. I am not just a shepherd. I am the good shepherd. My shepherdhood is qualified by goodness. It says an average shepherd is considered to be a good man. Why? Because he's going to protect the sheep. But Jesus went further to provide us with another adjective to let us know the extent, the depth of that relationship. He says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not just a shepherd. I am a good shepherd. In other words, if you have seen a shepherd before, all the activities of a shepherd, first of all, forget about them. Begin to think of me as being a good shepherd. When we say something is good, I am after your good. I'm after your, I'm after your lifting. I want to make sure that you are the best in all the world. I am a good shepherd. Every shepherd wants to make sure that their fold sustains, is sustained, and is provided for at the appropriate time. Number two, God wants us to see the value. Number two, Jesus used the analogy of a shepherd because he wanted us to, to know that as sheep, there is an absolute supply for you. Absolute supply for you. No one could express this better than David in Psalm 23 verse 1. Nobody could have expressed that better. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What else can anybody say better than that? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because David himself was a shepherd. David knew every good shepherd would give up their comfort, would sacrifice it all to ensure that the sheep is properly fed. No shepherd will lead the sheep into an unsafe place to eat. They lead the sheep to the appropriate greener pasture for them to eat. Now, this is this, what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. I wanted to understand your place as a sheep. And he said, if indeed I'm the good shepherd, then you can be sure that your supply will never run dry. I will make it, I will see to it, I will take the responsibility for all of your supply. I am the good shepherd. Number three, absolute care. Number three, absolute care. Don't forget the first one, the value of relationship. Number two, absolute supply. Number three, absolute care. Absolute, sorry, absolute care. Jesus wants us to know how precious we are. How many of us know that everything that is precious to you is adequately taken care of? Is that true? Let me give us an example of how Jesus described this in the scripture. Jesus said, in one of the times as Jesus was describing the relation between the shepherd and the sheep, Jesus said that when a shepherd, even on the Sabbath, loses one sheep, what does he do? He has hundred sheep. He loses one. What does he do? He abandons the 99. He goes after the one and rescues the one and brings it back. That's how precious we are to God. That God will see to it that you are cared for. God will see to it that everything in your life is, is under his care. And this is very critical to our mind. We need to inject this into our spirit man. We need to absolutely take this in and believe it that God would take absolute care of you. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, the Bible says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. All of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Number four, I love this. Absolute defense. Absolute what? Defense. Number one, value of relationship. Number two, absolute supply. Number three, absolute care. Number four, 
absolute defense. Jesus made it clear in verse 13 that he will not run from the wall. I read in verse 12 for us. Jesus said, but a hireling, John chapter 10 verse 12, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. But Jesus said in the next verse, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I'm known by my home. Jesus is saying, I am not an hireling. I have not been hired over you. The father did not hire me. You are mine and I'm yours. That's the kind of relationship that I have with you. I want you to understand this. Thing. God is saying, when the wolf comes, I will take the responsibility for your safety. I will protect you from the wolf. What does the scripture say about the wolf? In Luke chapter 10 verse 3, the Bible says Jesus was speaking... Behold, I send you out. When he was sending them two and two to minister the gospel, his disciples, he said, I send you as woes. I send you out as woes, uh, sorry, as, as lambs among the wolves. I send you out as lambs among the wolves. Now the question that I asked when Jesus was saying that, was he giving them hope to be sacrificed? When he said, I sent you out as a lamb. What he's saying in essence is this. I'm sending you out as a lamb, but remember, I am the shepherd. No wolf will be able to stand you. No wolf will be able to oppose you. Because I'm behind you as a good shepherd. You a lamb, you're going to remain my sheep. And you're going to be amidst the wolves. But don't be afraid of the wolves. Are we here tonight? God wants us to have the confidence. You may go among the wolves, but don't be afraid of the wolves. Because your good shepherd is always by your side. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. Beware of false prophet. Jesus is speaking. Who came to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That's another place where Jesus began to talk about the wolves. He said when you watch the false prophets. They are actually wolves. But they appear to be sheep. They are not sheep. They are going to disguise themselves. But even among those, I will stand as a good shepherd from the false prophet. That you are not deceived. You are not taken away by false doctrine and false, you know, false appeal. I will defend you. I will save you. I will protect you as a good shepherd. I mentioned here, Jesus described the nature. What I see here from this passage that we have read tonight. I don't know whether it occurred to you. When I read about the hireling and I read about the good shepherd, something popped out in my spirit. You know what I call it? Commitment. Jesus is saying from these verses 11 to 13, I am eternally committed to you. I will see to it. Not like an hireling. An hireling is committed to his money, to his pay, to his wages. And when he's paid, it's over. But for me, I am eternally committed to you as the sheep I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will make sure that my relation with you does not get severed. And that's why in verse 27, when we began to study that scripture, maybe it's going to make a whole lot of meaning to us tonight. The Bible says here, there have been a few things the Bible calls great in the Bible, but the Bible says here in this verse 29, my sheep hears my voice and I know my sheep. I know them and they follow me. And I have given them eternal life and they shall never perish. Do we understand it now? When he says they shall never perish, I want you to bring your mind back to the mind of a shepherd. They will not perish. I will see to it that you are protected. I will see to it that you are saved. I will see to it that you are supplied for. He says they shall not perish. Neither shall anyone, I love this, snatch them out of my hand. He says, I want to look at the second one. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. You know what I wrote down there? It's a double assurance. No one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. No one will be able to snatch them out of my father's hand. If anybody escapes me, they will not escape. But if at all they escape me, they will not escape my father. Whoever, they will never be able to snatch you out of his hand. Double 
assurance. Jesus is saying, you have been secured more than the most secured place on earth. You are secured. No wonder the Bible says, we are hid with Christ in God. You have been eternally edged and protected by the Father. The Father also gave the Son, and the Son, I give you life. But the life that I give to you, I will protect it. No one will be able to snatch you out of my hand. What is this important tonight? I think this word tonight should destroy the hold of fear completely in our lives. Because all I see tonight is that God is saying to you, you are adequately surrounded, immune, and insulated. Jesus had to come up with this sentence in verse 29 for a reason. How many of us know if you have read that passage, you could get back home read the end of that chapter? But for now, Jesus was called demon. They call him a demonized man. They asked the man. They said, the man who healed you must be a demon. In fact, somebody just said, well, I think he's mad. He was called mad. And there were, in this passage, there was occasions and several occasions when they wanted to arrest him and kill him. The Bible says, and he escaped from them. The Bible tells us that for us to understand that having threat and counter threat from these people to destroy him. No wonder Jesus came up with this important sentence. God, Jesus wants us to know that he who called you is behind you. The shepherd who called you as a sheep is behind you. He will not leave you alone. This brings to my mind the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. How many of us remember the scripture? In 2 Kings chapter 6 from verses 15 to 16, this is what happened. One day Gehazi was with his master Elijah. We remember that story? I'm going to read verses 15 and 16 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Are we there? 2 Kings chapter 6. This is what the scripture says. Second Kings chapter 6. In verse 8. The Bible said, now the king of Syria was making way against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such a place. And the man of God was sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Now after that has been done, in verse 11. Now the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And they called his servant and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Somebody is leaking the message here. Who is doing this job? There is an inside job here. One of the servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> I love that. Everything you say in your bedroom, there is a loudspeaker in Elisha's house. He just hears everything. You say it in the bedroom, but it's not secret. Elisha hears it. And you know what he does? He tells straight to the king of Israel. This is where you're supposed to go. This is where you're not supposed to go. Now, this is a real issue. In verse 15, I want us to read. And when the servants of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servants said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now at the time that Elisha was speaking, there was nothing in the natural. But Elisha knew by relationship that it was impossible for a prophet of God to be arrested by the Syrian and to be killed by the Syrian. God in heaven will arise. God will send his angels. No Syrian army can destroy an army of God. No Syrian army can intimidate a prophet of God. He said, if what he said in his bedroom, I know. Before the horses came, I already knew. He said, don't be afraid of him. Because as an informant in heaven, who brings the message to me, if God deems it fit to give me the information that he says in his bedroom, I will never be afraid of his army. The young man didn't get it. Let's read the next verse. What does he say there? He says, and Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, open the his eyes that he may see. I just pray that for every one of us tonight. That the Lord will open our eyes 
that we may see that they that are with us are more than they that are with them. In the name of Jesus. Then the man, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around who? Elisha. May I say tonight, I'm going to say it this way, then the mountains <laughs> was full of horses and chariots of fire all around you. Amen. Does that make sense? All around you. Then the mountains were full of horses and soldiers and chariots all around you. The same way that God took care of Elisha, he has taken, he has made a covenant to take care of you. The covenant of God has not changed. It does not matter what we're reading about it, old time prophets, but the Bible helps us to know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says, if those who had the whole covenant were so much, the Bible says, how can we compare that with the new covenant? The Bible is describing, it says, you know, the, the, the new covenant is far more, you know, more critical, more powerful than the old covenant. So if the old covenant, the old covenant prophets were protected that way, how much more those of us were now? What am I saying tonight? The same way that God took care of Elijah, the same way there are chariots around you. Now you walk out every day, don't know that today that the angels of God are all around you. God will see to it that you're protected. God will see to it that you're protected. God will see to it that you're protected. So do not fear. Do not be afraid. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. I love Paul the Apostle. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against us? If God be for us, who shall be against us? Now, before I came to church tonight, I was able to interview a few people tonight. And I'm going to tell us, I went and interviewed them. I looked at their records. And I'm going to tell us some of their records tonight before we close. In that 29 of chapter 10 of the book of John, the Bible says, my father is greater than all. The father is greater than all. I, I want to divide that into two places. Uh, it means, number one, that the Father is greater than all the conglomerate, I'm going to repeat that word, but I'll say it, than all the conglomerate forces of man, than all the evil forces of man. The Father is greater than all of the united forces of man. There may be forces of men that may want to constitute themselves as an obstruction in your way. That may want to constitute themselves as a nuisance in all that God has said concerning your life. There may be people who have determined in their heart, they may not be using any diabolical power. They may be using a physical strength to obstruct you, their intellect to obstruct you. Whatever may be the forces that they are using, the Bible says here that my father is greater than all of them. That your father is greater than all. Do not be afraid of them. Let me quickly tell us the people I interviewed. Some I was able to interview the man called the man called they call them the three Hebrew men. The Bible tells us in the book of Daniel chapter 3. These three Hebrew men they were officers appointed by Nebuchadnezzar. We remember their story in Daniel chapter 1 because they were men who had proved themselves they were men of intelligence. They were wiser than all of their mates ten times. They were the courts. They were the, you know, the, the friends of Daniel. But the Bible says one day the king got fed up with all that he had and he wanted to raise an image unto himself so that the whole nation may worship that image. And when the king had raised up the image, the announcement went around the city that everyone, as soon as the cry goes out, everyone must bow down to the image. These three Hebrew men, they knew the God that they carried. They said, well, we may be part of this land, but we do not belong here. We may be living in this place, but we have a different city. We have a city whose builder and foundation is God. Therefore, we will not bow down to this image. And they did not say it in a secret. They said it openly. So much so that the people went to the king and said, ah, the people that you committed provinces to, they are the people who are your worst enemies. Now, Give us a word, sign it, a letter, that they shall be killed. Indeed, the king said, no problem. Call all of them. And they said, well, king, it does, we don't have to answer you in this matter. When it comes to every other thing, we'll listen to you. But when it comes to this, we will not listen to you. We, we don't have to really listen to you. The God that we serve will and is able to deliver us. But if he does not, we will not bow down to your bruising image. 
to your idols. Will we not? And the king said, really? Yes. But we know the end of the story. They were bound. If the fire was prepared, they added seven foot fire to it. The sulfur was added to it. They increased the flame to, so that when they get in the fire, in a matter of seconds, they are burnt to ashes. And these men were bound. They called men out to throw them into the fire. But because the father that they had is greater than all, is greater than Nebuchadnezzar, is greater than the fire that had been prepared for them, God, ahead of time, why they were about to throw them into the fire? Many of us who are Bible students remember what happened to the people who threw them there. The people who threw them into the fire, the heat of the fire killed many of them. They died of the heat. And they threw these three men into the fire. What happened was that immediately they got into the fire, there was a fat man that came into the midst of the fire. Appeared there to change the atmosphere of the fire. Some of us tonight were in a situation where in the fire, it's burning. It's as if the enemy is raging. But God is the fat man. Your father who is greater than all is going to be the fat man in the fire of your life. He's going to provide the sukkah for you. It does not matter how long, how serious the enemy intends to do it. God will salvage the situation. God will break forth for you. He will go ahead of you. The fat man was already in the fire before they got there. When they landed, he opened the eyes to the people who brought them. And they said, ah. Oh. What they used to bind up was losing. And the guys stood up in the fire. And they were walking around. And I just having Bible study in the fire. And the king, somebody sent to the king and said, listen, we, we threw three people into the fire. But we've seen the fourth man. The fourth man will appear to you. In every difficult situation of your life, the fourth man will appear on your behalf. When it appears the help of man is not enough, God will appear for you. When the whole nation rises against you, the Lord will appear for you. The whole land was against them. The king was against them. It was just a decree. They will be killed. But the fourth man appeared. And you know what I see? The fourth man is always appearing. He's always appearing. He's always there for those who depend on him. God will appear in your situation. Greater than all. The father who is greater than all would not allow them to be routed in the fire. Let me just also say us tonight, the whole host of Israel was being pursued by Pharaoh. There's a scripture I want us to read when we get back from Exodus chapter 15. It's a scary scripture. Song of Moses after the deliverance of Israel. It's an amazing scripture. The Bible says Moses after the deliverance of Israel. Exodus chapter 15. As they were going, Moses after the deliverance of the people began to write. He said, oh Lord God, thou art God. There is none like you. He said, for thou made your people to pass through on a dry land. Pass through. You open the rest and your people pass through. He said, but the enemy, you caused them to be buried beneath the sea like a stone. So Egyptians that passed through the waters, when the waters came back, they actually did not float even after they were dead. The law of science is when a man is literally dead, when he's really bloated, what, does, what happens? He's going to float, right? Scientists, right? He's going to float. But these people, God ensured that they did not float. To know that he who is greater than all is able to bury the soldiers of Pharaoh. The Bible went further a few verses after. He said they, sound, they sank as lead. I mean, it was already, you know what lead is? <laughs> the heaviest element. The Bible said they, they were human beings, but they sank as lead. You know, God didn't want anybody to recover their dead bodies. He wanted to prove to the world when I raised my hand to fight. Ah. I am greater than all. I'm greater than all. I'm greater than all. They were buried as lead beneath the sea. God is a great God. God is a great God. God is a great God. Tonight as I close, many of us remember in Joshua chapter 5, sorry, in chapter 10, we remember the battle against the five kings of Amorites. When Joshua, just one man, entered into a league with the Gibeonites. The other five kings saw the Gibeonites and said, oh, you enter into, into a league with Joshua, we will fight you. And the Gibeonites went to call after Joshua and said, please help us. And Joshua came. The Bible tells us in that chapter 10, the Bible says, as they began to fight, God sent a stone from heaven and killed the armies of the five kings of Amorites. So much so that the people who were killed by the, by the hailstone were more than the people that were killed with the swords and the spears. We serve a great God. 
Tonight, I want us to believe him. I want us to reach out to him. What Jesus is saying in that scripture, do we understand it now? My father, who is greater than all, greater than the demons, greater than the powers of hell, greater than the attack of the enemy, greater than the visions that you have seen that is an horrible vision. God is able to bring you over every evil vision. Whatever may have been said wrongly over your life, the Lord will take you beyond it. Every curse costless. The Bible says it will not land. It will not rest. Every curse, that, every curse of the enemy, every curse, every foundational curse, it will not rest on your life. The Lord will grant you victory over every curse. The Lord will grant you victory over every attack of the enemy. He will grant you peace in every situation of your life. It will not rest. My father is greater than all. Who art thou, O Zerubba? Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubba? For thou shalt surely become a plain. Who art thou, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? Who is in Zerubbabel that Zerubbabel could talk? It is the living God. It is the living God. When the living God lives within you, who art thou, O mountain? However high, they will be brought low. They will be brought low. Every mountain in your situation will be brought low. Every mountain in your body will be brought low. The Lord will be glorified. Healing in this place tonight. Let's rise up to pray tonight. I want us to pray ferociously tonight. When did we receive the spirit of fear? The Bible says we have not been given the spirit of fear unto bondage. But rather we have received the spirit that which is of God. Crying, Abba, Father. We have received the spirit of adoption. Not of fear. The enemy is a liar. We're going to stand in this place to pray to the Lord. I stand in this place as your child. I'm a sheep. You're my shepherd. I believe in your supply. I believe in your defense. You're able to protect from the evil one. It does not matter the force that's against me. My father is greater than all. I want us to pray today. I want us to pray with fervency tonight. I want us to pray with, with determination tonight. I want us to pray with determination. I pray with fervency tonight. In the name of Jesus. Zebra da kababo shekete yadaba like kosakata yadaba lidike kote yadaba lengra da babo shekete yadaba likre deskata yadaba likre da bababo shekete yadede leka papa papa pasata yadaba like korobobobo shekete yadaba in the name of Jesus my father is greater 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 Every attack from the pit of hell, I reject you. In the name of Jesus, I come against you. I stand by authority that's in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. In the name of Jesus, to the glory of, the, of God the Father. In the name of Jesus. The things which are in heaven. The things which are not her, the things which are under the heavens. Yes, Lord, tonight we speak the word of power over you tonight because we're children of power. Our Father has given us authority. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. I want us to pray tonight. Whatever is making you afraid, I don't care what it is. Whatever creates a sort of fear in your heart tonight, I want to bring it before the altar tonight and say, Lord, you are greater than this issue. You are greater than this issue. I present it before you. You are greater than it all. You are greater than it all. You are greater than it all. My father is greater than it all. In the name of Jesus, whatever is a burden in your heart, anytime you think of it, fear grips your heart. I want to bring that fear before the Lord tonight and say, Lord, this issue. This issue, my father is greater than it. My father is greater than it. In the name of Jesus. Yes tonight, yes tonight, yes tonight, my father is greater than all, my father is greater than all, my father is greater than all, my father is greater than all. If it is sickness, let's bring it before the Lord, my father is greater than you. 
He who said he was wounded for my transgression, he was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his, by his stripes, I am here. He himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. That's what his word says. It is a threat of our lives. The Bible says, With long life will I satisfy you, and I will give you my salvation. In the name of Jesus, David said, My life is in your hand, O God. I will not be afraid what man would do unto me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Oh, yes, the Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. We speak over that obstruction tonight. We remove every obstruction of the enemy. We remove every obstacle. Every work of oppression. My father is greater than all. My father is greater than all. All the threats. All the threat. My father is greater than it all. Every subtle threat that comes in our system. Everything that, is, that overwhelms our mind. My father is greater than you all. In the name of Jesus tonight. In the name of Jesus tonight. Every curse. Every stronghold, every stronghold, every stronghold, every stronghold, my father is greater than you all. Every stronghold, my father is greater than you all. Every oppression, my father is greater than you all. Every opposition, my father is greater than you all. Every obstruction, my father is greater than you all. Every obstruction, Zebakataya, Rekaposode, Ekladike Kute, Ingradaba, we remove Like Kosade, Ikredeke Sodea, Lipokosidea. Thank you, Heavenly Father, tonight. You're greater. You're greater. <laughs> You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing together. 